Welcome to the Neshama Project podcast, where we explore spiritual teachings to help us live happier, more fulfilling lives. Today, I would like to explore some Hasidic teachings about the divine, about God. Um, sometimes God is a difficult concept, a difficult word to grapple with, um, Often I say to people, the God that you don't believe in, I don't believe in either. This is actually originally a teaching from uh, the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of Hasidism. But really the idea is that this idea of God as a physical being with human-like characteristics, as is portrayed in the face value understanding of the Torah, is actually not the... Jewish concept of God as it's evolved over the centuries. Um, there have been many different concepts of God, and, and I, in fact, I just wrote a book called Thinking About God, which explores several of those. But really, the idea of God has become problematic, but it doesn't have to be. Today we're going to use the text from this week's Torah portion, Parshat Naso, which is in the book of Numbers, Bamidbar in Hebrew. And the specific section of Parshat Naso that we're going to be exploring today is what has become known as the priestly blessing, Birkat HaKohanim, or the blessing of peace, Birkat HaShalom. Uh, it's pretty well-known, one of the most well-known blessings in the Jewish canon of blessings. It goes, Yivarech Adonai v'yishparecha, Yisa Adonai panav elecha v'yichuneka, Ya'er Adonai panav elecha v'yasem lecha shalom. I just recorded a new song uh, with the words of the priestly blessing and a creative translation, some of which I drew from ritualwell.org. I'm going to include that new song at the end of this podcast for you to listen to. It's also on the previous episode of this podcast. There is a recording of that song. But first I'm going to start by presenting a Hasidic commentary from Rabbi Chaim Chaika of Amdor, who was from the 18th century, a disciple of the Magid of Mezrich. He was a Lithuanian rabbi and mystic. He comments on Numbers 626, where it says, May Yudhevave lift their face to you in his Chaim Vachesed. He writes, May Yudhe lift their face to you. This is difficult. Does the Blessed Holy One, God forbid, have any likeness or face? The face here comes from the side of the receivers of God's blessing. They picture the divine light in accord with their own degree of clarity. The verse means, May Yudhe lift up your perception of their face. Unquote. This is the meaning of, quote, at the sea, 
they appeared to them as a youth, but as they stood before Sinai, they appeared as a compassionate white-haired elder, unquote. Pasikta Rabati, 21. When they came out of Egypt, the people, Israel, were in a childlike state of mind, like a youth. That was the level on which they could access God's light. But by the time of Sinai, their minds were expanded. They could see the whiteness and clarity of the white. They were in the category of, quote, white-haired elder, unquote. That is how it can say that there, God's face appeared to them as that of a compassionate old man. So this is another way of giving God that really our perception of God is colored by the perception of the viewer. This reminds me of a midrash that talks about the prophets, and in particular Moses. And it says that all prophets saw God through an especlaria de ena meira, through a dark mirror, while Moses saw God through an especlaria de meira. And what this is further saying is that all the prophets saw God through the reflection of their own ego, through their own selves. And only Moses, at least according to the Midrash, had a small enough ego, was humble enough to see God sort of as pure light. Um, I would contend that even Moses, if you look at his story, doesn't have a complete uh, pure understanding and, and isn't 100% humble and um, hasn't completely lost his ego. Uh, he does get angry at moments, and uh, this is why he's not even, in the end, allowed to enter the land because of his anger. But I'd like to end today, um, before playing the song that I wrote on the Priestly Blessing, with a story. This is a story from Rabbi Nachman of Bratislav. And it's one of my favorites. Once there was a king. The king had a wise man who was his closest advisor. One day he called the wise man into his chambers and he said to him, You see here in my palace, I have a collection of portraits of all of the kings from every single country. But there's one king whose portrait I don't have. And in fact, nobody actually has a portrait of him. He calls himself a mighty hero and a man of truth and a humble person. And in fact, he, he probably is pretty mighty because he's very powerful because he lives in a country that's surrounded by the sea. And on that sea, there's a fleet of ships equipped with cannons and they don't let anyone approach the country. And if anyone should get beyond the ships, the whole country is surrounded by a huge swamp. And through that swamp, there's only one tiny little path. And that path is so narrow that only one man could walk it at a time. And also there, there are a lot of cannons that could possibly shoot. If someone comes to fight them, they shoot those cannons and it's impossible to approach. 
so I know that this king is indeed powerful. But how he could designate himself a man of truth and a humble person, this I do not know. That king is hidden from people. He sits behind a curtain and remains distant even from his own subjects. I want you to go and get me a portrait of that king. So this wise man went to that country, and before he went there, he knew he had to know the essence or the secret of that country. How could he get to know it? Only by knowing how to laugh at the country. When you really want to know something, you have to know how to laugh at it. At the center of all the countries of the world, there stands a certain country. That country includes all other countries within it. Within that country, there is one city, and that city contains within it all the cities of all the countries of the world. Within that city, there is a single house that contains within it all the houses of all the cities of all the countries in the world. Within that house, there lives one man, and he contains within himself all the people in all the houses of all the cities in all the countries in the world, and that man laughs at the entire world. So the wise man took some money with him for the journey and went to that place at the center. He saw that they were performing all kinds of jests and jokes about the country he sought, and he came to understand through those jokes that the place he sought was the country of lies. It was filled with lies from beginning to end. Armed with this knowledge, he went to that country. As soon as he got there, he went to the marketplace, and there he let himself be cheated. Sure enough, the merchant deceived him. When he tried to call a policeman, he was cheated again. He went before the magistrate and again was cheated. When he went to trial, he saw that the entire system was filled with lies and bribery. Then he tried to give a bribe himself, and the officials took the bribe, but on the very next day they did not recognize him. He went on to a higher court, and there, too, everything was filled with lies and bribery. Then he came before the Senate, and it was just the same as all the others. Finally, he was brought before the king. When the wise man came before the king, he cried out, Over who are you king? Who do you rule? Your whole country is one big lie. It is filled with lies from beginning to end. There's not one bit of truth in it. And he began telling the king about all the lies of the country. The king, who was hidden behind his curtain, bent his ears forward toward the curtain to hear the wise man's words. He was amazed to know that there was someone who knew all about the lies of his country. The ministers of the kingdom, hearing the wise man's words, were very angry but they could not stop him, for the king had already begun to listen. Then the wise man concluded, Now you might say that the king of the country of lies is himself the greatest liar of them all. For who could rule the kingdom of deceit if not the greatest liar? But now I see how you are indeed a man of truth. You are far from these lies, and you cannot stand to look upon them. It is for this reason that you dwell behind a curtain. You are a man of truth who cannot bear to look upon the lies of your kingdom. And so the wise man began praising the king more and more, heaping praises upon him. But the king was very humble, and his true greatness lay in his humility. So it is with humble people. The more you praise them, the smaller they feel in their own eyes. The wise man on his side of the curtain kept praising the king more and more, building him up higher and higher. 
The king, behind the curtain, being a truly humble person, began to feel smaller and smaller. The more the wise man built him up, the smaller and more humbled he felt until the moment when he finally became so small that he was nothing at all. At that moment, the king could no longer restrain himself, and he cast aside the curtain, saying, Who is this that knows all the lies of my kingdom and reveals them all? In that moment, the face of the king was revealed. The wise man saw him, painted his portrait, and took it home to his king. So what's the meaning of this story? I think you'll have to decide for yourself. Who is the king? Who is the wise man? Who is the seeker? Who is the second king? And what does this mean for our understanding of God, the divine, and the spiritual search of a human being? I'd like to end now with the song that I wrote a few days ago to the words of the priestly blessing from Nassau. And we'll go out with that. So until next time, this is Rabbi Ben Newman with the Neshama Project podcast. Take care. Full of laughter, may you sleep peacefully at night. 
May the sun shine its warmth upon you. 